kind of talking about the basics that um, you can't get any more basic than black and white, right? right? Uh, I, I think um, this is something that no matter how long we've been with the Lord, no matter how many years, how many months, how many moments <laughs> we've been with the Lord, it's always good to get back to the basics. And um, we're going to spend some time talking about some basics, maybe not all of them, we'll save some for later, you know, there's a lot of basics in the church. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking about when, um, when Kelly and I were, uh, were first, first married, um, there's, there's some basics that you learn as a married couple when you're with the Lord. Um, you, you don't have fights, you have intense fellowship. <laughs> Um, when you're when you're um, in this relationship with the Lord, you you um, you don't necessarily uh, uh, do the things that other people do, and sometimes it, it seems a little bit odd to other people around you, to your friends, to your family. And um, but what's awesome about it is when you stick to the basics. When you stick to the basics with our relationship with the Lord, with our relationship with one another, with our relationship with our spouse and our kids and um, our families. Um, it's interesting how we can avoid some of the usual um, usual things that we can get in trouble with, you know? Like those misunderstandings, those things that um, can upset, and not everybody knows that you're, you're, you're upset, right? You're, you're upset. You're the only one that knows that. When you take offense, it's just you. The person that, you, that offended you doesn't know it unless we open our mouth and say something, right? Um, but it's kind of cool because when we get to the basics, when we, when we look at this, uh, we're going to be finding these things that, that maybe are stirred up in us. Um, and when we say stirred up, I, just, I think about a, a, a murky um, pond that, or just like a little puddle that that you stir a stick in and you see how it goes just like this chocolate brown and you can't see anything, right? Um, or you stir it up and you can kind of even skim some stuff off the top and it can almost clear that water a bit. I would still boil it before you drink it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Don't do this at home. Um, but anyway, the series we're, we're going into is The Basics. And um, the title this morning um, is Worthy. Um, this, is a, this is a term that I, I just want to go right to the heart of the matter on this because this is a term that we ask this question. We usually have a big idea, but this series, we're going to have the big ask. And the big ask is, uh, this morning is, are we even worth it? And as believers, we go to this question a lot. I think as people, we go to this question, am I even worth it? And a lot of times we answer no. That internal voice will say no. But you know what? It's not the internal voice we need to listen to because when God sees this question, he goes to John 3.16. We should go to John 3.16, right? That for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him have eternal life. He loved us so much, right, that he sent Jesus. Are we even worth it? Holiness, worthiness, um, and potential are not based on us alone. It's not based on what we do. It's not based on who we are. It's not based on any of that. It's based on imago Dei. You ever heard that term? The image of God. Imago Dei. It's not even based on, on our sin life. Because we base it on that a lot of times when we say no. Because we say, like, oh, I've sinned so much. I'm not worth it. You have people that, that you may know, or maybe you said this before, oh, I can't go in the church because the church is going to fall down on me because of everything I've done. It's not true. This is not how our worth is rated, how our worth is based. Because Jesus paid for our sin. All of it. Every single bit. 
There's two identifiers I want to talk about today about our worthiness in God. The first is Imago Dei. And the second is being the bride of Christ. These both speak to our worth to God the Father, to Jesus, and to the Holy Spirit. Let's pray for revelation this morning as we dig into God's word and, and just as we unpack what he's saying in his word. Um, we're going to go to 1 John um, 4, um, but let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We, we thank you for the work of, of Jesus as we remember today with communion. Um, Holy Spirit, enliven the word in our hearts today as we, we read it, um, unpack it this morning, but unpack it this next week, God. As we remember what, what is said today, as we, as we think on your word and we think on the work of Jesus, unpack that word in our hearts, that we would see that we are worth it to you. We praise you, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so in um, 1 John chapter 4, I'm reading 7 through 10, and it says, Beloved, let us love one another for the love is, uh, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Are we worth it? Number one, yes, because God is love. Simply stated, we are worth it because God is love. Imago Dei, that's a term that, that is used when it des describes um, how we were created. Imago Dei, love the sound of that, that, that phrase image of God. God went about reconciling his creation. In sending, in sending the law, he showed our need, right? He showed that we have a need, that we can't do this on our own, that we have this tendency towards lawlessness. Yet all that does, that was, that was like a road marker going, yeah, this isn't working. But he sent Jesus to reconcile us, to bring us back from the brink, to, to turn us, to remind us that when he created Adam and Eve, he created mankind in the image of God. We're a reflection of who he is. We're a reflection of his character. And that's why we're worth it. If we were to define his, his image in one word, what do you think that word would be? Hard, right? Awesome. What other words? Beauty. Love. You got it. You got it. Love covers it all, doesn't it? And yet it doesn't. Because it's just a word. I mean, we, we've talked about that before, that words can't completely contain who God is. But I would say, I would say love is a pretty good word. Our, our understanding of, of all of those aspects of love, if we look back at like agape love, that all-encompassing love, that is a really good word to represent our God. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 says... Um, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the words so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So the first one was talking about image of God. So each of us is created in the image of God. But we are also created to be this bride of Christ. 
This bride of Christ is this enigma that is the church, right? Um, it, it was a mystery until it was revealed. It was something that, that as the church was revealed, we see this, this idea that, that, that um, is being thrown out here by Paul of, of the bride of Christ. And it's a unified image of us being the bride, Jesus being the bridegroom, and our relationship with Jesus. As the bride of Christ, we find that our second point, yes, we are worthy because of the washing of water with the word. God's word is a cleansing agent in our life. We are transformed by his word. No preacher on this planet is going to transform you. None. But the word of God will transform the heart. We've read that, right? The Holy Spirit is going to empower us, but the word is going to transform us. And that washing with water, with the word, you know, it does bring up the image of, of uh, baptism, you know, that, that public declaration of our faith. And I, I said last weekend I'd love to have um, a baptism just right up here. We can find some horse trough, toss it in here. We'll clean it up first. Try to figure out how to warm up the water. But it won't be the river. Is that okay? Is that okay? We'll, um, but there's a sense of that, that public declaration is, is an... Uh, um, it exhibits that, that same model of washing by the word, right? Because there's that death and resurrection. And as we go into his word, there, there's a death of self, a death of, of that selfishness that brings us to the, that selflessness, as it were, with the Lord. So in a way, baptism is mirroring what is happening in our hearts every time we pull this word out. Every time we find something in there where it feels like, God, you're speaking directly to me. And the, the really transforming thing about this is when we realize, if you read John 1 at all, you start to realize that the word of God is manifested in Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the same was with God at the beginning. It's talking about Jesus being that Word with God at creation. 2 Corinthians uh, 1.20 says, For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. Um, that is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to, um, to God for His glory so are we worth it? Number three, yes, because Jesus. Yes, because Jesus. A powerful statement is made in 2 Corinthians here that every promise of God finds its yes in Jesus. Every single promise in the word finds its yes and amen in Jesus. So are we worth it? Let me ask that again. Are we worth it? Yes. Are you worth it? Yes. I think you need to hear yourselves in this. Are you worth it? Yes. Oh, come on. Are you worth it? Yes. Thank you. Abs I, I like the absolute. That, that works too. Affirmative. As those that are bearing the image of God, as we bear the image of God. Now, that, that's, that can be kind of like convicting too, right? Anybody that drives on the freeways over on five, I'm just saying. As you bear the image of God and you go into this world, there are some times where you've got to realize, I have the image of God on me, and somebody just cut me off. God bless them. Dear Jesus. We have to watch ourselves. I think that's part of the learning process, right? Part of that growth in us. Part of that growth in our, um, 
our living life with Jesus is understanding that We're just shining with the image of God on us. Sometimes you see, like, it says that we have the fingerprints of God all over us. And, and, you know, that that rings true. He's he's molded us and he's shaped us. But if we can look at it and go, he has put his fingerprints on us, and yet we also bear his image. It takes it even further than just the fingerprints. It's like, I've smudged you with my thumbs, you know. There's the fact that he has put in us that ability to create. To create things of beauty. Yes? Now, in that, we have used our creative ability to make some very tragic things. Some horrible things. But he's given us the ability to create. That's part of that image of God. But as those that bear the image, the Imago Dei, the image of God, and those that are part of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, I should say, it is important for us as a church to have, to have a, a grasp of a, of a direction, of where we're going, yes? And um, I had told you um, a while ago that on o- October 1st, we were going to talk about vision. Um, I don't want to make this into a, you know, a um, congregational meeting and, you know, having it all the uh, boring numbers and all that and graphs and so that, it's it's not none of that. But but talking about vision, um, this should be an exciting thing for us. And I learned something very. <laughs> I learned how young I am in my leadership. Um, that when I presented it, I didn't understand that it would be a frightening thing or a painful thing or a changing thing. But it has been. It has been something that has shaken some people, has shaken our tree, so to speak. I had a youth pastor I worked with that would say, is he shaking your tree? And I was, I was thinking, this is horrible. I'm thinking of back, back about this joke growing up at, like, middle school. You ever have those jokes that, as a kid that you just, you get to where you're laughing so hard that you just, you forgot what your, the joke was, right? You're, you're just, like, tearing up. And there was this joke that me and a friend of mine would always do. That I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. I'm, I'm sorry, Kelly. Um, <laughs> but I, we would be dying laughing, couldn't get to sleep. And it was all this, um, how do you get a monkey out of a tree? Or no, no, sorry, sorry. I'm totally screwing it up. No, no, there's two different jokes I just blended. Okay. I'll give you the two of them. Okay, sorry. This is is my dry sense of humor really coming against me. Um, Okay, so how do you get a one-armed monkey out of a tree? You wave. Um, That one wasn't the one. But why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Because he was dead. It's a horrible joke. It's a horrible joke. But as middle schoolers, I mean, you got to think about middle schoolers. They, think they, they laugh at, at, at fart jokes. They, they laugh at, yeah. But you know what? We're not much, not much further along than middle schoolers sometimes, okay? So, <laughs> but I, I find that um, I'm finding that being able to articulate myself um, and say it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay in this that we're going to go forward with a direction and a vision that is not about making us into something we're not. It's about being who we are and reaching people in this community. So I, I want to go into that, but before we do, I, there's a couple things I just wanted to address. I, I've heard a couple statements um, since moving here even, not even since the, the vision, that um, I, I think... We have, to, we have to really, um, I, I find I have to chew on my tongue sometimes when there's things that I want to say. Sometimes they're excuses. Sometimes they're things that I've always said. I have to kind of chew on my tongue because God has a tendency to shake our tree when we try to say the same thing. Excuses are one of those that are, that uh, he's shaking my tree so many times. I don't know about you. Um, things where we complain. Um, 
people of Israel. We see that all the time in the Old Testament. There were things that they complained about, and God made them sit and wait when they complained. And then great, awesome things happened, right? When they finally put the excuses, the complaining, and some other things aside. But here's, here's a few things that I've heard and I, and I want to address. One is, we've, we, as we've been changing just a couple things here and there, I've heard that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that's the wrong statement. Because when we're, when we're changing or shifting things, we're not shifting them necessarily because they're even broken. Maybe we say that, that, that I mean, you know, forgive me if I've said that terminology that our church is broken. That's, that is not any of this, what this means. But there are some things that may be dysfunctional. How many know that, that our families can be dysfunctional? How many know that most of our families are dysfunctional? Um, I, I want to address this because there are some things that we might change or we might shift or we might paint. And in that, it is not about something was broken. Have you seen the stairs out here? They're gorgeous. You got, you got guys that... that that were wiped out that said, okay, this is good. People can walk on them. And then another gentleman, which will remain unnamed and no fingers pointing, um, that came back and said, no, it's not good enough and painted the whole understructure. And it looks even better. Take a look at it today if you can. That wasn't broken. I mean, that, that, that set of steers probably would have served us for a while longer, maybe a little. <laughs> Kyle will be able to tell you how much longer, um, engineer, a day or two. They're a little shaky. As long as I don't lean up against the railing, we were, we were fine. But I think sometimes in our life, that's, that's what we do is like, it's good enough. And I'm sorry, as a people of God, as the image of God, as the bride of Christ, it's never good enough. We want to continue to move in that. We want to be that. We want to be the image of God to people that are perishing. Amen? Amen. If it ain't broke. <laughs> there's, there's one thing that I do feel that we are shifting that is the it's probably the one that's rubbing a little bit, and, and I will address that. It's, it's having more of an inward focus than an outward focus, okay? And by shifting it, I'm not saying we go from an inward focus, holiness, personal holiness, personal walks with Jesus. I don't want to go away from that. That's fundamental to our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus. However, everything that we do should come back to the last words that Jesus had for us. Go into all the world and make disciples. Overflow. What happens in here needs to go out there. What happens in here needs to be seen. When Kelly and I were in that time in our lives where we were having that intense fellowship, when we were screwing up all the time, my mother-in-law was watching us. My mother-in-law wasn't saved when we got together. When we got married, she was not saved. And when she was saved, when she had that time where she, she said the words and she dedicated her life to Jesus, she told Kelly the reason why is two things. One, the Left Behind books scared the snot out of her. <laughs> and two, she was watching us continue to fail, continue to fall down, and yet, always giving glory to God, always standing back up again. That was such a compliment to us. Because we felt like we were just like failing our way through life. And yet, God was using that to impact her life. Because we were living it out loud and not keeping it just here. And so if there's one thing that, I wouldn't say broke, just misaligned. It's like you go in and get an alignment for your car, right? Because it's kind of wobbling down the road. And you might get used to that. Walk into the... But that's not... That, 
there's this, there's this idea of the church being like a river. Um, that how the, the river flows shows the health of the church. And um, a river can have, have times of obstructions, of, of great um, movement, which could be tragedy. It could be things happening in the life of the body that could be like, you know, waterfalls or trees across the river. Um, but there are times where it's, it, it might be everything's moving really fast. It's like the rapids, right? And there's other times where it's very pastoral, very smooth, and there's green grass on the sides. And we, we think of Psalm 23, right? It leads me beside the still waters. But like that river, our church can get stuck in eddies. You know what an eddy is? For those of you that might not know what an eddy is, typically there's, there's spots in a, in a river where maybe some obstructions have happened off to the side and, and that water will just pool and stir. And every so often parts of that will come out. But if you're riding a raft and you get stuck in an eddy, you can be stuck there for a while until you really act on it to get it moving again. And I would say the one thing that our church has been doing has been sitting in an eddy. Still feels like it's moving. But we're looking at the same scenery over and over again until it's acted upon by an outside force to get the river going again, right? And that's not a bad thing. That's just reality. It's part of who we are. The second thing was um, I've heard various statements of um, the change is, okay? So I've heard the change is too fast. I've heard the change is too slow, believe it or not. I've heard that it's too much. I've heard that it's unnecessary, or I've even heard that it's offensive. And I, I know that um, for me, being somebody that's, that's come in from the outside, and in many ways, I feel like I've become part of this church. I feel like this is my family. I've brought my family in saying, this is, until God acts on, on us to move us on, we're here. And I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> because we're, we're here for a long time. And looking at and seeing where we've been, it, there is such a heritage here. And there's, there's so much that this legacy and this heritage speaks to a future that I think, in some ways, we haven't actually been looking at. But I'm observing this and being a person that I, I love people watching. I know Mickey and I have talked about this before and some others. We've talked about going to the mall and sitting there with popcorn and watching people walk by. You know what I'm talking about? Mickey, we're going to have to do that. We'll go to the mall, popcorn. <coughs> Popcorn's on me. Um, but the, the idea of, uh, of watching all of this, I, I've seen there are some things that we've kind of needed to shift a little bit. And in some respects, some of those changes are not about changing you guys, it's not about changing um, what ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it, whatever. It, sometimes change helps us to get out of the eddy. And I think we're in the Goldilocks zone. You know, they talk about that for Earth. You know, Earth is in the Goldilocks zone. It's, it's not too hot, not too cold, it's just right. And I think some of the changes that we're making are just right. It's just right to do some of the changes we've made change the stairs. You think that's just right, right? It's not just one long stairway. You don't, you, you'll, you'll fall twice instead of once. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, I, I have heard that it does not, um, the vision that I presented before does not include a vision for personal holiness. Um, this is not, this, this vision is not about an inward versus an outward focus. And I need to say that out loud. This is not about that. However, vision that we're casting is casting it for the church, for the bride of Christ, for this group of people that gathers together and calls themselves a family to be able to go out. I didn't look at everybody and go, wow, um, we might as well just scrap the whole inwardness because they don't got it. I looked at everybody and I went, wow. Wow. We have such a rich 
amount of mentorship in this church that if we go out there and give people the chance to hear some of this wisdom, it's going to be life-changing to people. And it's always the thought of that inward focus, the personal holiness, is always going to be something that's part of the church. But it needs to line up with, with God's word. And when Jesus said to go and make disciples, his first comment was about personal holiness. But it's about going and helping other people find that personal holiness. Does that make sense? Okay, one last thing I've heard that deals with is offense. Now, I've heard that some people have been offended by, by some of the changes, by some of the stupid things that I might say. And I need to ask forgiveness. Because personally, I, I don't know that I offended you. Unless I hear it. Thank you to those that have spoken to me. But I need to ask your forgiveness. It's not my heart to offend. It's not the heart of this church to offend. I was not called here to be your pastor to offend. And if I have, please forgive me. I would like to propose the thought, this is John Bevere, I don't know if you've read John Bevere before, um, but he has this thought, time and again I've I've read it from him, Um, for those that are offended, refuse to be offended. Understand that as your pastor, as as a leader, as somebody that has a tendency to like the flavor of my shoe, I, I can guarantee that I may say something that may offend some of you. I may hurt some of you. But the thing that I would ask is refuse to be offended. Come talk to me. My time is yours. Pull me aside, say, this hurt my feelings. It might just take you getting it out. You're like, this hurt my feelings. I'm good. I need to move on. Great. But if you need to sit down and talk about it, let's sit down and talk about it. Let's not do the the thing that a lot of churches will do. Um, We have churches in our community that a lot of changes have happened. Like, make the changes that we've made here look like a thimbleful compared to the ocean, right? And those churches have seen great numbers of people leaving in droves. And you know how they're leaving? They're sitting in the back, they see something change that they had a care about, and they go, and they walk out. Please have the respect for this community to talk to us, to talk to me, to talk to somebody else that that hurt you, because that's the only way that that hurt is going to be healed. Because if you walk out on it, it will not be healed. You'll take it to the next church and you'll use that to hurt other people. Not intending, but it will happen. So all of that aside, could, um, could we pass out? I, I've, I've got a document here. This is um, something I just wanted to be able to express this. Take it home with you. This is um, a bit of a mix of things. It's our values, our purpose. But it, the last part is the vision of the church. And these are some, um, to quote Les, Les brought up the whole uh, uh, big, hairy, audacious goals. Because um, they got to they be kind of big and kind of got to be a little bit frightening for them to be vision. But understand, vision also changes. As the church gets to the place where we've done whatever that is, or we've moved into that place, we look for other big, hairy, audacious goals. But I just want to walk through this really quick. Everybody have one in their hands? We're getting there. Kind of these guys, not so much, but we'll get there. Um, The first thing that I will read is our mission. And this isn't on there. It's just the the scripture reference. So this will be good for everybody. I have seen churches that present a mission statement I have been told that as a mission statement, I've got to come up with something that's very simple and direct. And to be honest, I can't, I can't um, improve on what Jesus said as our mission. I'm sorry, let's see. 
perfect son of God, gave us a mission. Jeremy from, yeah, okay, never mind. So um, the la- the, these last words were um, the Great Commission, which if you take co, it just means together, but it's mission. This is the mission. Now the 11 um, disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where, um, to which Jesus had directed them. And when he saw, or they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's to Jesus. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I can't improve on that. And I think that's the mission of every church, is to go and make disciples. Now, sometimes that's go and make disciples. But a lot of times, for that river to keep flowing, it's go and make disciples. I, I, some of the observing that I have done, the majority of the observing I did coming here has been observing you. Not reading history, not looking at, at numbers. I'm like the worst numbers guy. I mean, the council can probably tell you that I, I just, I'm just getting to know what this, this stuff is. You know, like, like paying attention to how many people come. I, I'm like, you know what? It says wherever two or more are gathered, there he is also. So I'm like, you know what? If there's two people in here, we're going to worship and we're going to spend time in the word. Um, but there is something that for leadership um, to really be able to grasp a, a vision and going forward, there is something about looking at, at numbers. And I'm reluctant to say this, but I, I really think that it's important for you to hear. It wasn't until this last week I went through, and I, and I, I went through all the way back to 96, because I wanted to see from the, the, the building being remodeled through today, um, there was um, a total of 32 baptisms and 48 salvations. Right? Respectable. 21 years. But the last salvation was in 2001. Last baptism, last, you know, the baptisms kind of were flowing along a little bit, and then I think 2002, 2003. There was a couple in 2012, but really there was a space between that from 2003 to 2012. And so when we look at When I looked at that and I said, does anything need to change? I know that there are people that are speaking into people's lives outside of the church. And I've even been told that that my role is just to to love you guys. And I'm going to say BS. I'm sorry. That's not my only role. My primary role is to inspire you. I mean, it says in the word that that I should train and equip the body to do the work of God. What is the work of God? Go and make disciples. Make disciples that make disciples. Because you make disciples and then they go and they make disciples. It's a cycle. It keeps going. That river keeps flowing. And so this is one of the biggest things that spoke into this. So our purpose statement This is um, an easy way of remembering it, so we'll say this a lot, um, but there is definition a little bit further down um, for this, but it's we reach, we rise, we serve, we share. Say this with me. We reach, we rise, we serve, we share. One more time. We reach, we rise, we serve, we share. We even have uh, symbols, so so just... um, so we can kind of get the idea of what this is. When we reach, it's kind of like, it's, it's mentoring. That mentoring relationship is we're reaching to God or we're reaching to somebody that's mentoring us and we're reaching to mentor somebody else. So if you find yourself with one arm up, there's something missing. Or if you're, you're mentoring here, but maybe you need to be also mentoring with somebody else. That's part of that. We rise. We're going to rise to the occasion of, of what God has in our lives. But... Um, those purposes are listed down below. Um, it says we uh, reach, we will reach to Jesus and others. Rise, we will rise to the purposes of God in our lives. Serve, we will serve the church, community, and the world. Share, we will share Jesus. Simple, to the point. Um, our values, these are values that were based on things I observed of you. 
of the church. I just gave them language. Yes, I might have tweaked one of them to be adventure because that's something I value, but I'm sorry, I've, I've seen, I've been on a couple of hikes with some people. And I've, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I've been out with some of you. I've seen some of the things you guys do. I've heard a lot of the things you do. How many people have gone to Hawaii this summer, right? <laughs> you love adventure. So um, we have Jesus. We are Jesus people. Worship. We are worshipers of the living God. Adventure. We are enjoying God's mission. Connection. We are a family that is constantly growing. Love, we are all about living out the love of Christ. So these are the big, hairy, audacious goals. Go down to vision. Foothills will be a church that worships, God's, worships God with a relevance born out of connecting people to God and to each other. That's the relevance that we want to have. We want to be able to connect people, but we also want to connect people with God. There is actual Greek terms that talk about this is a term of worship, koinonia, right? And that's not just talking about, you know, tithing or anything, koinonia. Bad joke, bad joke. Um, second one, Foothills will be a church that is known as a place of prayer, um, as praise and need and gratitude are constantly lifted up to the Lord. Um, we're we're going to try to focus our our, our services around this. We're, gonna, we're talking about having some prayer partners at the end of service so that they can pray with you. If there's a prayer need that you have, I know that sometimes we lift those prayers up in the midst of service, but you know, if we have a bad week, we might as well throw the sermon out, right? Because we'll, we'll be praying the whole service. And I'm not saying that that's not important because we will do that. But being able to have people that can pray for you at the end of service, more people will get prayed for that way. And it's important to us. The third thing is that the church will be a church that is flourishing with all ages and reflects the makeup of our diverse community. Now, that makeup is not just generational. And I know that's one of the things that we are praying for. We're praying that God will bring the generations in um, and be able to bring them in in such a way that it's not just about one generation. It never should be about just one generation. It should be about one generation. From birth to death should be represented. Um, but it also means that look at the diversity in our community. We have a high population of Hispanics in our community. And I don't know how we, we reach out in that, but there's, there's got to be some reach out in that. Maybe it's just somewhere down our, in, our, in our future we, we do some things that we did in our past. I know that our church was was at least um, connected with, if not instrumental in Jesus de Paz's um, church um, growth, we should be connected with them again. We should also be looking at maybe we launch another Hispanic church and help them and, and foster a, a, a new growth there. This is all future stuff. I'm not saying next week. Please hear that. Foothills will be a church that is seeking out people that are far from God, training them to get closer to God and to find their place to serve. If that's not about our personal growth, I don't, I don't know what is. But helping others to grow? Okay, I taught martial arts um, back in the 90s. Not now. I have a black belt and this is about all I have <laughs> as far as I can remember. But when I taught martial arts, I, w I was asked to, I was a junior instructor, so I wasn't like, I didn't own the studio or nothing, but um, I was asked that my, my, um, uh, my professor in that, he, he said, you know, I want to keep you. I couldn't afford to keep going. He said, you are great with the kids. Teach the kids, and I'll teach you. And I'll tell you, when I started teaching the kids as a regular thing, that became my class to teach. I found out how little I knew. And I'll tell you what, if you focus on just personal holiness and that's all you focus on, you learn, you're going to learn when you go to talk to somebody about it, there is so much we're leaving on the table in that personal development. Because when you teach, you really have to know your stuff. You find the holes that you had. Teachers, are you hearing me? Yes? Is there an amen from the teachers? Please. When you stand before a group of middle schoolers, you better know your stuff. Because they'll let you know. 
Kindergartners is a whole different thing. That's almost like trying to nail jello to a tree. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Foothills will be a church that's concerned with justice, nourishment, shelter, and inequality of life um, for those in our community. This is justice. There is a sense that we need to, we need to be about justice in our world. Uh, being compassionate. Um, yes, there, there are things. There are things that we need to do. There's things that, that people that come into our church need to learn to be a part of that and have, I mean, worship needs to be in order, amen? It's not just a, a thing where we shout out all the time, and sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that's really good. When Ron shouts out at me, you know, I, I, I love that. Right, Ron? Amen! <laughs> I love you, Ron. But there's, <laughs> you get me every time. Uh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> Uh. <laughs> wow, okay. No, no, refuse to be offended. That is good. That is good. Uh, but there, there's something about being, I mean, we were already, we're already doing this in a little way. way. We've got the, we've got the um, uh, what is it called again? I always forget. What, what is the, the, the packing part, partnership? Or? Packing friendship. Packing friendship. Um, it, it just, it, it doesn't speak to everything that it does. The fact that you're feeding kids so that they can do good in school. And you're even going to the point where we're feeding them, sending them something to go home with on the weekend. Um, we're already doing that. So I'm not, I'm not saying, that, I mean, there, there is a big audacious goal here. The, the fact that we're going to do this in other ways, be a part of that in other ways um, is good. And wow. Um, Foothills will be a church that mentors our youth to be leaders in their schools and our community. Um, again, the mentoring theme. Uh, Foothills will be a church that will plant churches as growth outstrips the capacity of our current location. Um, our capacity at this location is kind of partially um, based off of parking and backside space. But I think that respectively from the churches that I've been in, our church could be three to 500 people and be very effective. Um, I'm not one, you know, if we, if we hit... 500 and we're keeping going, then I'm not doing my job. We're not doing our job. Because if we get to 300, we should start talking about planning a church. Because there's other areas in the area out here that could use a, a four-square church. Use a church, right? And if we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and we're focusing on what we're sp supposed to be focusing on, that's going into all the world making disciples, right? So I'm saying that out loud. So if we get to 300 and you don't hear that from me, come and talk to me. Tell me that I'm trying to, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, um, the last one is, is kind of an overarching, uh, is Foothills will be a church in our community that is known as a place to encounter and worship Jesus, connect with others on the adventure, and as a place where love is knit into all that we do. When I talk about Imago Dei, and I talk about how we have that image of, of Christ uh, the image of God, Imago Dei, on us. It's love. So love should be knit into everything that we do. Um, this last little bit, these value questions. Oh, did I skip over one? Oh, yeah, 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 before the church planting. Foothills will be a church that builds and releases new leaders on mission. So this isn't just on mission out front. We're not just going, you're a leader, and we push them out the door on mission. Um, this is on mission, God's mission, to go and make disciples. Now, that can be in our building. We, we could see building up somebody. Some, one of our youth might be the next, you know, youth pastor or whatever, that we release them to do that in our midst. We build them up, that we give them the tools to do that. As people come into our church that have gifts, we release them. As we see the gifts that you have, we release you to do that. So... Um, the last thing on here um, is something just more, um, this is something I want to make sure that you understand, um, that our values can turn into questions, um, and these questions can speak to those that are coming in um, that may be learning about Christ, may not even know about Christ, may need to hear about Christ. These might even be questions that they ask when they see our values. How do you, how do you become a Jesus person? And so these are things that I would say we need to ask ourselves so that we're ready 
because this is the getting in front of middle schoolers or kindergartners. How do you become a Jesus person? How, how do you, you know, what does it mean to worship a living God? What is God's mission? How do we live as a family? How, how does that family grow? How do we live out the love of Jesus and who are we to love? So those are all questions that should speak to us, um, but they should also um, empower us, teach us, open us up to learning some new things so that we can help people to be discipled in the world. I know I'm starting to push us into our, our um, uh, potluck, and I want to I make sure everybody, if you don't have anything, great, come on down. There's lots of food. There's always lots of food. We always have enough. Um, and it's a great place to talk about this <laughs> with others. Rant and rave. Have it all out. But refuse to be offended. Come talk to me. Okay? So um, this is for you to take with, to talk with. It'll show up on the website at some point, um, just so it's out there for everybody to see. If you, if you lose this piece of paper, you can pull it up. And we'll make sure to have copies around um, so that we can pull them out if you need. But also, just so we can go, uh, I want to I let you know that this is also going to speak into some of the things that we do in the future. Um, as we start to do membership classes or, or classes about who we are, um, some sort of one-on-one kind of thing, it, it's going to come out of this. We're going to learn our history through this. We're going to be able to speak to our future through this. And we'll help make disciples that love Jesus like we do. So I, I know that was a whole lot of, whole lot of meeting and and um, I hope that that is something that can, can be our heart to say yes and amen. Um, but we're going to go forward. I love you all. Um, why don't you stand with me and we're going we're gonna to pray and I'll send you downstairs. <laughs> Heavenly Father.